Thank you so much for tuning in to the Spiro Avenue Show. You could follow us on social media at Spiro Avenue on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can also watch our full episodes and clips and highlights on YouTube. And we would appreciate it if you could hit that subscribe button for us. Anyways, thank you so much for tuning in, and I hope you enjoy. And on a day like today, where I had about three pounds of meat for lunch and another pound and a half of meat for dinner, I think it's very fitting that our sponsor is The Butchery in Sylvan Lake, where they have the finest grass-fed meat, they have the finest eggs, they have the finest seafood, and if you're a vegetarian, they even have some three-pound carrots for you. Check them out, thebutcherysl.com, thebutcherysl.com. The Butchery in Sylvan Lake, it's where I get meat all the time. It is the best meat. Seriously, go try it out. If you don't love it, you can come and kick me in the shins. It's that good. Trust me. So check them out. Good local company. Dave Hubbard, their owner, great guy. Appreciate their support of the show, and we love them for it. Moving on, there is a new show in town, and it's not mine, believe it or not. We've gone, and we've come back, and we've gone, and we've come back. The new show in town, for those that don't know, there's this new network based in Birmingham, Michigan, where I used to embarrass myself and get rejected by girls all the time in my adolescence, called the Woodward Sports Network. Fittingly, right off Woodward, right next to that Jack's Car Wash and the uh, Powerhouse Gym. And it is a palatial studio. It is something that makes me jealous every time I see it on TV, on my computer, and in person. And for my two cents, and my two cents is worth a lot around here for sure, the best member of that Woodward Sports team is across from me right now, He may be new to you. He's not new to me. I've watched every single show he's done since they debuted several months ago. This is Adam Baydoon of the Woodward Sports Network. What's up, buddy? Thanks. That was a smooth intro, by the way. I got to give you it. I've been rehearsing for days. Very good. I knew you were coming. You know I'm a fan of yours. Mm -hmm. I get made fun of for being a a homer for your your takes. You know, people, people don't like being wrong. And that's what I'm starting to notice on the shows we do is like, you know, they struggle being wrong and it hurts when they see people. Two people who generally are always right. Yes, and I, I think we're begrudged for our uh, yeah. insane level of talent and mm-hmm. accuracy with our sports prognostication. It hurts me, and I, I make it very clear on the show, it hurts me to be as right as I am. It I, is. I, I, just You feel bad for other people, but I'll, I'll say this. This was the longest show prep I've ever had because I try to find things that I disagree with people on because yeah. anyone I invite on, I'm familiar with their work. I, I haven't taken any shots in the dark yet. I'm generally a fan of the people I bring on. Certainly in this case, I am. So it took me a long time to kind of find things that I know that you and I maybe disagree with. So that's where our focus is tonight. But we're going to get into sports. That's our forte here. That's your forte with what you're doing. But I want to talk a little bit about the Woodward Sports Network. Mm -hmm. Some of the people watching know exactly who you are, but you're still pretty new. For those Mm -hmm. that don't know what you guys are doing uh, you know, just tell me a little bit about it. I, I'll have Ben kind of play some of the the clips of the, the photos of what you guys have been doing lately. You've done pu- you've done puppy drives. You're signing all these big radio names. What is Woodward Sports? What are you guys trying to do? Woodward Sports is this new creative outlet and voice for really Detroit, but all of Michigan. I mean, I think we can agree that we're tired of hearing the same old people shit on our teams and give baseless topics and conversations about our sports team. So Woodward Sports, not so important how it came about, but the reason was to offer a new voice, new energy, kind of this uplift the city in a time where our sports teams aren't the best, but that doesn't mean we have to wake up and listen every day of how bad it is. Like optimism is appreciated. 
not delusional, but appreciated. And, and that's where you and I, right out of the gate, are probably different. And, and you know, I, I respect you. I respect what you guys are doing. I, I am considered by some, you know, Justin Rogers of the Detroit News called me the biggest cynic in the city. Tony Paul of the Detroit News said I was his favorite asshole. Um, I, I don't know if that's good or bad. I'm still trying I, to work. I take it. I take it in stride. I think that's a great compliment. Well, so, I mean, that's, and that's like, look, I think there, I don't think it's either or. So I, I think there's a place to be cynical. I, I would say I, I'm not cynical for the sake of it. No. Teams are doing well. I'm blowing them up and down. I mean, the Red Wings at 02 are my favorite team ever. I still weep when I think about how wonderful that season was. But you mentioned that the city is a mess in terms of the sports scene right now. I'm happy with what the Pistons are doing sort of in step one of a transition. But overall, Mm -hmm. it's been a train wreck. We all know that. No, I I don't. You shouldn't run away from that. You have to be able to have conversations about when the team is bad. I think at least what I've observed just from being a sports fan for the last 25 years is the piling on is a bit much. Um, I think we can have educated conversations and discuss whether we disagree or agree on certain sports takes or our teams or draft picks or whatever it may be. But there's a deeper level of cynical conversations going on, whether it's through sports media on radio or TV that just people, people don't want to hear this kind of crap. People want real talk. I mean, we can be real about how shit Matt Patricia was as a coach. That doesn't mean I'm not a Lions fan. So there's a fine balance. And honestly, I just don't like a guy from New York who's a Giants fan telling me what the fuck my team should do. So. Oh, and that's and, and I happen to think that Valeni is, from a pure broadcast standpoint, he's, the great. Most, he's the most talented guy in town. Yeah. But I've talked about it on this show where Valenti was declaring himself Giants free. Direct quote, and th- these clips are actually still on YouTube. He was declaring himself Giants free, like literally 15 or 16 months after they beat the Patriots the second time in the Super Bowl. And you're on the airwaves in Detroit where people are are running for the razor blades because of our, our experience with this horrific franchise. Mm-hmm. And, and you're a Giants fan who has beaten Bill Belichick twice. And at the time he said it twice mm-hmm. in the last five years, six it years, was five years, five yeah. years. One of those two wins, the first of the two was over the greatest team in the history of football, arguably the mm-hmm. 18 and Patriots. And you have the chutzpah to go on, on the radio in Detroit and talk about how bad it is to be a Giants fan, and you are are washing your hands of the Giants. So I'm with you on that. Yeah, it's, and I, I don't want to make it just about him. He's not the only reason. There's many reasons, but again, I think you can categorize Detroit people, Detroit fans, Detroit sports fans in this group, and they don't want to hear this kind of stuff. I think they want to hear real talk, energy. They want to see energy. They don't want people sitting across each other having boring conversations, talking like they're not interested. Right. Like, where's the passion that the city is so capable of? And, and that's really our engine is uh, passion and energy. Uh, you're you're sp- preaching to the choir because I'm actually told I have to tone it down half the time. No, but, no. Yeah, the I don't is a agree good with thing. that. Yeah, no, energy is so important. I mean, it's how we live our lives. Uh, again, my lifetime, I haven't seen the Lions win a playoff game. That does not mean I can't enjoy and root for my team. Now, having said that, we've had some bad years, <laughs> but again, where's, where's the uplift? Where's the positivity? Where's the constructive criticism of the team? Not just cynical bashing that is baseless. I mean, yeah, I, I mean, think to an extent, some of it deservedly, some of it is just irrelevant to what's going on. 
and and maybe we can get into the weeds on on the lines a little later. I'm sure we will about you know what you consider relevant and what you consider piling on. I you know, but I'm with you. At the end of the day, like if the Lions win the Super Bowl, I'll be the first one to the parade. Like I'll camp out. Mm-hmm. So I'm with you. Like I, I get accused sometimes of hating the teams. It's like no, I don't hate the teams. It's because I I love them. It hurts. That it, it hurts breaks us my heart. when they lose. I mean that's that's sports. That's being a passionate fan. Yes. And Again, we're on this journey as just not just Lions fans, but we'll, we'll just use the Lions in this example is we're on this journey of when are we going to win a playoff game, a NFC championship game, a Super Bowl. And I hope it's in my lifetime, but it's a journey, man. It's not easy. It's not easy. And that's kind of it's kind of where I draw the line as a fan. It's constant shots of the nuts. And the thing is, like I grew up, um, you know, as much as a Tigers fan, a big Cubs fan, too, it was based solely on I. Sammy Sosa was my favorite player. Okay. So I absolutely love Sammy Sosa when I was like nine or 10 years old. And that was right during the home run chase. Mm-hmm. And so I was a Cubs fan. And it just kind of even after Sosa left, you know, in 04, it kind of carried through, you know, into even now. And but the thing is, the Cubs would be like, on the doorstep of the World Series and then would blow it. You know, they got to the mm-hmm. NLCS and then Steve Bartman happened. They were, you know, up 3-2 in the, you know, uh, uh, you know, basically mm-hmm. two, one game away from winning um, the pennant. Mm-hmm. And the, the Lions don't even do that. Like, they don't even really tease you in the same way. But the thing I'll say is I do think that curses are not real. I just think the ownership is poor. And I think that they can eventually get it done. I don't think 100%. there's some hex on them. We'll get to the Lions a little bit, but... Specifically with Woodward Sports, I have watched not all of your content because you guys have like MMA podcasts. Such as yeah, we have a ton of things going on. You guys have on. gaming stuff. That's not yeah, really we do high. gaming on Twitch. Uh, we're live on almost every platform you could imagine. We're distributing content as much as we can everywhere. But we do we offer MMA, soccer, I mean, not so much soccer, but we we do our best to cover all the sports and give real opinions on all of them and you're i mean you do a scatter shot where you hit a lot of stuff but the, the core show i think is safe to say is the one you're producing which is the morning woodward yeah. show and i i you know i don't know if i'm proud or embarrassed to say i've watched literally every single I love one it. i love it now not all every minute of you know because yeah. i go to work but of course. you know i always catch that first hour mm-hmm. even when you guys were having all the same technical difficulties we had when we started mm-hmm. you know when it was just you and stick talking so you know I can speak somewhat intelligently on what you guys are doing, but the thing that I don't get yet, and I don't know if you guys know or if you guys understand it yet, is I don't know if you're going more into the kind of irreverent uh, playboy kind of like we don't give a shit about what anyone thinks about us thing because Stick has talked about you know media is talking shit and we're gonna body the media and he has there's a little bit of the barstool vibe, mm-hmm. but at the same time you guys have the vibe of like oh stop putting down the teams you had. You know, like for something, one thing you guys did that I would never do just personally, Mm -hmm. just with with what we're doing here is the Pistons came by, gave you guys t-shirts and Mm -hmm. stuff. And it was a cool moment. And Mm -hmm. you had their 313 brand. I I would actually, as cool as it was, like if it were me, I would turn it down because now I feel like I'm compromised. Even if the audience doesn't care and I want the shirt, I don't know if you guys are going for like the edgy barstool, like we're not kicking ass and taking names. Are you going more for like, we're, we're opinionated, but we're, we got the teams back. I, are they in conflict? Where are you guys? I land? think there's a balance between the two. We're trying uh, to find the balance. Yeah, we're, okay. I think we're trying to find the balance, um, but it's becoming more clear every day that when we're all together working and we're doing all of these things. You can have a, a normal, what's the word I'm looking for? This relationship with a team where all the communication is very clear and you can bash the team. You can give your rash and harsh sports opinion, whether they like it or not, that should never change. 
but there's a balance of helping support a community that is very quiet and is really, I don't want to say oppressed, but maybe from an opinion standpoint is oppressed. We don't see Detroit really out in mainstream media. So that's kind of where we find a balance is how do we, how do we bring out the voice of the city, this energy of the whole city? And then of course, not give a shit off the cuff, uh, rash opinions, uh, not try to swear every third, fourth word, but uh, we're not cons- restricted by any of those rules. So yeah, it's it's a tough balance. I, I will say it's not easy. It's hard to have dinner with uh, a team and talk about what a great relationship you can have. And the next morning be like, well, uh, fat man with a pencil has gone. God damn, it's about time. So there's there's a balance, but they understand it just as much as we do. And it's really just figuring it out. Yeah. And I think you are still figuring that out. And, and you know, there's no right answer really honesty I mean, is just, important i think I, yes like, and i mean I, speaking of honesty i think your guys best show so far just selfishly was when chrissy had some meeting with chad johnson your guys i don't know huh. president or ceo or yeah, whatever, yeah. i don't know what his title is but the guy who's you know basically yeah, ceo yeah ceo mm-hmm. okay so your ceo chad johnson the lady jane's haircuts for mm-hmm. men for those of you that um, are familiar with that uh chain had some conversation with chrissy and the other two guys, Joey and Stick, mm-hmm. resented that she had this conversation. Yeah. So there was this like twenty minute. It's real. That that was like the best show because it's like you guys were kind of going at each it's other. Raw, a little it's raw. It's honest. It's your feelings, and yeah. again, that's where n- nobody's mic should be controlled, and that's kind of what we're going through. Is we don't want anybody's microphone to be pre-established on what they can say, what they can't say. It's it's an open canvas. Say how you feel. Express your opinion. Uh, educated, not just idiotic and meaningless. Maybe sometimes like stick. <laughs> but <laughs> if he's watching, take if that. he's watching, take but that, uh, but no, it's it's very important to be able to express how you feel and what your opinions are, especially for sports media and the way TV and even radio works right now. It's it's hampered because they're so worried about their sponsors and how they generate revenue. It's like I don't give a shit. I just want to hear about sports, man. I want to talk about sports. I want to know your opinion on sports. I want to know what you think about. Matthew Stafford and the Lions. I'm not here to hear you kiss ass so you can make a few extra million a year. I mean, it's irrelevant well, to the conversation. Th- I, and I, I agree with, with everything you said. The, the biggest contrast that I see kind of like in, you know, my approach versus what you guys are doing is, you know, you guys had, uh, which is, I mean, no one's going to shit on this, but you had Kelly Stafford come in and yeah. donated like a substantial amount of Amazing. toys. A week before that, I had Andy Isaac from Uproxx in here and we were, we spent like 18 minutes talking about how stupid we think Kelly Stafford is. And it's like, if and that's it, okay. I mean, again, that's like your opinion. You're, uh, okay, you know what I mean? That would be awkward if, no. if, if, if Justin Spiro was a member of the Woodward sports team no. and said Kelly Stafford really needs, it wasn't like, I stand by everything we said. It was basically As long like, as it's not insulting or a personal attack. No, it wasn't a personal attack. Then but there's no said, issue. We said it's no At least that's my line. I yeah. mean, as long as it's not personal to the point where you're attacking their family or which I know you're not, but that's my point. I mean, you can have a real conversation on what you think she does off the field or what you think her husband does. I don't care. That's not my problem. That's not Woodward sports problem. What we want is an opinion and that's it. It's that simple. We want to give a a voice to people who have opinions. I hope you guys don't have any pressure for, you know, your irreverence because I think your irreverence is a good thing. Um, I think it's something that's needed you know, we've seen it. I talked about it with Stoney from uh, Michael Stone from 97.1. Yeah. Uh, they had a pressure or a significant amount of pressure applied to them 
by the Detroit Lions back in 2015 because of what Mike Valeni said, and they yeah. eventually left in large part because of that, and WJR made a bigger yeah. offer, but it was mainly about Valeni by most accounts. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you guys aren't obviously the flagship station for the Lions because no. you're not a radio station. Nope. But you do have Corey Woods, who has a press pass, who was at Ford Field, and it's like you guys have said some shit about the Lions. 100%. Just, you know, so I, I think you guys are walking the tightrope pretty well. I won't quote any specific team, but what I will say is – you can have a conversation about how good or bad a team is as long as it doesn't turn into personal attacks against whether it's ownership or even the players. I mean, who are we to attack people personally? Like, I don't know anybody on that team personally. I can talk about their performance. I can talk about how they perform as a team. I'm not going to sit there and say, well, you know, some personal attack on Matthew Stafford or DeAndre Swift. That's irrelevant and it's stupid. And I know maybe it gets ratings for people, but as a sports fan, that's not what I want to hear. I'm not here to see people completely shit on players. If they have a bad game, yeah, <laughs> you suck. You had a bad game, bro. Well, but there again, it's like drawing a line. It's like where do you, where do you put your foot down? Of we're gonna say what we want to say, and then it's like, um, is there an edge? We don't know. We haven't crossed a ledge yet. Now, you say, like, keep it to the field, so I'll throw this hypothetical yeah. at you. Let's mm-hmm. say this whole Dwayne Haskins situation that occurred in Washington occurred here mm-hmm. with our quarterback, or let's just say he was our quarterback. Embarrassing. Is it okay on the Woodward Sports Network for somebody to say, Dwayne Haskins, what he did is stupid, he's a moron, I don't know what the fuck he's thinking. Yeah. So that's not perfect. No, no, that's not he's, about his play. That's well, he's atta- jeopardizing his career. It is attacking him personally, though. Uh, it's attacking his actions, not him personally. His okay. actions were stupid. His okay. decision making was irrational and career costly. Like yeah. you we're not sure if he gets a second chance yet. Does he deserve one? I guess everyone deserves a second chance, but that's not the conversation. The hypothetical yeah. is if that happened in Troy. Absolutely. What the fuck? What are we doing? That's good. What is what is what is ownership doing to prevent again, I, I see a franchise quarterback as a CEO of a company. Yes, exactly. And they've got to represent themselves and their teammates in that fashion. So when you're a GM, a head coach, leadership on the field, just players in general, how do you get your quarterback to fit that mold? Now, again, people can have their own personalities, what they want to do off the field, great. But when it's hindering your performance and your ability to get on the field, I have every right to say everything I just said. Oh, that's good. Yeah. I just wanted to make sure because if I can't call Dwayne Haskins a moron. No, you call him a fucking idiot. Yeah, because I mean, that's, how do you how do you throw away your career yeah, like that? Yeah, but you mentioned like family, like people talking about families, which, you know, that's there actually are some bloggers in town that do that stuff. Well, it's stupid. In not, my one opinion. Of, not, not one of them. I'm not one of them. No, I just um, I think it's I think it's yeah. it's baseless. How does that help your argument? If I'm talking about Jim Caldwell and his four years here and what he accomplished, how does me attacking him or his wife, or maybe he has a snobby son, I don't know. How does any of that relate to on-field production from a head coaching position? How how? How does it help my argument? You know, we saw Rob Parker back in the day getting a lot of trouble with Rod Marinelli when his son-in-law, it was Joe Barry was the defensive Mm -hmm. coordinator. And he said, do you wish your daughter had married a better defensive coordinator? It was really funny, but totally inappropriate. It's to, inappropriate, but you can daughter. you can ask that question, though. That's, uh, again, you can... Ooh, invoking you can, the daughter's bad. Uh, the family aspect was shitty, but, yeah. again, Rob Parker is his own dude, so he's not... He's not welcome at the Woodward Sports Network, at least probably, in, a, in an official role. Probably not. Yeah, he's not, not my he's, type. It's not your, your guy's entire brand. I don't type. like fake. I don't know if he's fake. I just think he's kind of a jack. Um, I think a lot of people on camera try to present themselves a certain way. That's and fair. And a lot of people, and this isn't to bash them, they're 
building their character, their brand or whatever you want to call it. But uh, I, I'm not a fan of it. I like honest opinions and just give me you. Like I'd rather talk to somebody who is completely themselves and somebody who's like 80% but super outgoing and aggressive. So you're not a Dick Vitale guy. I mean, that's always a joke. Uh, Dick Vitale's not going home and saying like, it's awesome, baby. Like, you know, when his I mean, wife cooks him dinner. We should find that. Home. I don't know. You ought to put a camera in his house. I mean. You're, you're identity there as far as I can tell and as far as I've branded you and I, of course I care most about my own opinion of course right I mean I can't help myself but <laughs> I, I've nicknamed you Adam Harvey Oswald that's right going for the kill baby going for the kill but you're kind of we Harvey Oswald if you believe the Warren Commission yeah. from uh, the 1963 era laid low we actually pulled up this image of Adam Harvey Oswald <laughs> I love that picture <laughs> that, that is that is an actual photo of you in, oh, in 1962, a year before you killed JFK. Jeez, I did? You Fuck. did, yeah, yeah. This photo I haven't, I'm still alive and I haven't gotten arrested. Yeah, I'm, I'm chilling. You're agent awesome. I did the man. job right. You haven't aged a day in 55 years. Listen, I don't offer contract killing anymore, but <laughs> I'm just saying I'm one for one. Yeah, well, so your, <laughs> your persona, and the reason I came up with that nickname for you is because you kind of, like Lee Harvey Oswald did, according to the reports, yeah. you kind of lay back, you're, you're quiet. But you'll pop up and then kill somebody when the time's right. Yeah. And Oswald kind of <laughs> laid low. That was I love his that MO. picture, man. Thank you. We have an awesome design team here. Seriously, dude. holy shit. I'll send it to you after. Yeah, we, we, we'll put do the side-by-side of the actual backyard photo. Mm-hmm. For those of you that know history like at all, it's a very famous photo of Lee Harvey Oswald yeah. with the rifle. And the audio listeners don't know what the fuck we're talking about. But um, So, yeah, anyway, that's that's sort of your what you're doing there. I'm wondering, like, the dynamic there, you're you're fighting with your co-host like every day. Right? Yeah. I don't know if he's technically your co-host. Uh, co-worker. Co-worker. And then, uh, I'm not really a host on the show, but you can call it that. You I mean, were the we're host just, originally, though. Yeah. They, yeah. They Times change. Yeah. I, I, I was outside picketing with a giant sign that they, I, I want more Adam airtime because I think you do the best job. I'm sorry if any of you guys are watching. I, I love you guys, too. Sticks a talented guy. I don't really know Chrissy as well or Joey as well. I'm getting to know them yeah. through the show. You guys all do a great job. But to me, you're the you're the rock there. I appreciate it. So uh, sorry, guys, but you know, he said he wanted honesty. Listen, he's right. Yeah, he's, <laughs> the audience the audience was promised honesty by you and by me. I think, yeah. and, and that's why I wanted you here because I think you do a great job there. But I, I'm wondering the dynamic there for you guys. Is it annoying for you to to be? Because um, you, you seem pissed off. Like, I do. At least well, once a show. Well, when the conversations happen, and I totally disagree. I usually don't get frustrated until my point isn't being heard. Like if, if you can understand and comprehend my point, we can have a conversation. If I'm sitting there giving you a million reasons why I, th- I think the way I think and all you throw at me is we play to win the game, that's just going to piss me off and we're not going to get anywhere. So that that's really leads to it. But I will say once the cameras are off, we go back. I mean, I love stick. Me and him are like best buddies. So Good, uh, it's easy to get off camera and just l- start laughing and joking around and start working. Well, I, I know you guys have deep, deep pockets over there. No. I just wanted to make sure <laughs> I wanted to make sure that you're very happy because I have an 
awesome producer, like sitting two and a half feet away from me. And he's very unavailable. He's he's mm-hmm. very happy with everything here. Of course. So I, I don't want any openings no. coming up over there. So make sure you guys. No, get no along. tampering. No tampering. <laughs> yeah. Don't Wait, worry. He, he has a, a. It's like Scientology. He's got a billion year contract at non compete. So no worries. He's got no to live a long time to get out. Get out from under the the Spiro Avenue flag. But <laughs> so I, I'm curious. You know, I mentioned it a little bit briefly earlier. Mm-hmm. There have been a couple. Again, I don't watch every minute of every show, but I watch several minutes of everyone. Mm-hmm. There have been several references, sort of cryptic, and maybe you can't talk about this. I don't know. Oh, feel free. Of, and you can shoot me down. You don't have to answer, mm-hmm. but there have been cryptic references to some people in media not supporting what you're doing. Some people are haters. Stick mentioned yeah. Yeah. certain radio It's not stations. nice. What but, are you guys meeting resistance? So, like, what does that yeah. mean? Um, does people, it, like? people in positions of power that are in certain networks or stations, whatever you want to call them, are not happy with uh, what we're doing, which is fine. Nobody gives a shit. But but why? Um, Just competition? Are they like, threatened get, by you? I, I think the threatening part is what we are, nobody is. We're so dynamic. We're completely digital. We're not tied to radio. We're not tied to TV. We're neither. We're completely digital. We're completely social. And we do podcasting. So we can reach people a millionth to what they can. Granted, we may not have their audience at the moment, but we're growing. We've only been around for three months. But, you know, our plan is to have the go-to digital sports network in Michigan and represent all of our teams. You guys are in diapers right now, career-wise. We're we're in diapers, but we have huge aspirations. We have huge dreams, and uh, we don't sleep at night trying to make them a reality because... If we're able to accomplish what we want to do, it changes so many people's lives for the better. So, I mean, we're fighting for more than just uh, a paycheck. I mean, almost everybody working right now at Woodward Sports could probably go make more money working somewhere else if they wanted to. But if you were in this for money, we wouldn't be here. Um, the, there's a bigger, bigger support behind it than just financial gain. And you can tell you guys love what you do. I mean, there's no one there that's just for a check. So it's basically just manifesting itself in terms of people talking shit around town. No, yeah. no one's like trying uh, to sabotage your important people, or- which is frustrating because those same people will go on camera and support you. Oh, fair enough. So it's frustrating, but you can't name. Names, I personally, no, I can't, okay, but okay. I hey, personally man. have no affiliation to any of them because yeah. I, again, I had like a very private career. I don't really come from radio or TV, so nobody really knows me, but for the people that do work there, a Joey, a Stick, a Chrissy, or anybody else there that has familiar with people, has a relationship with people in media, you know, I just, I think people can be better than, than that. That's all. Oh, fair enough. I mean, I think you guys are doing a lot of great stuff. We threw some of the pictures up there of, you know, the stuff, of studio stuff, a studio, you guys, yeah. I, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, over $75,000, over $75,000 worth of toys for children who didn't have or weren't able to celebrate a full Christmas. I mean, <laughs> that was the first time I was ever a part of it. And it brought, it really brought me to tears because again, I, I never worked in an environment where people were so good at helping each other when they come together and like i was just surprised during a pandemic for that many people to show up and turn out and give money in a time where money is is tight for a lot of families just to donate for a children's hospital the ronald mcdonald house like uh, that for me is everything that inspired the hell out of me and uh, i could work 30 hours a day if i if i could if there were that many just to keep doing what we're doing because 
the amount of community work I know we're going to do is inspiring. And, and that's really it. That's the name of the game. It's an incredible accomplishment. And yeah, thanks, Ben, for throwing that back up there. I, I made several jokes that it, you had multiple violations of the fire code. I, I'm glad the fire marshal <laughs> let you guys go. This guy trying to get our building shut down. He couldn't could even walk you in You could there. not walk in there. I can't. You were there. Yeah, I but, felt like a jackass. I went in there with, I'm like. But I, when I'm you were through. there, there were still a few days left of Stuff Studio. I believe you came on a Tuesday. Yeah. It was appalling then. In a that, good way. that very Wednesday, Kelly Stafford showed up, the Detroit Pistons showed up, and people just kept showing up last minute, even when we were loading the U-Haul. People would not stop showing up. Good it was problem. amazing. We yeah. filled the U-Haul, 26-foot U-Haul, front to back, top to bottom. It was easily the best thing I've ever been a part of. Incredible to pull that off. Like, I mean, no marketing three months in very limited, you know, we didn't put any money behind it. Yeah. We haven't put a dollar in marketing behind the Woodward sports network. We there's it's simply word of mouth and speaking to people. And we just, again, we want to have the best people talking about all of the sports and just having this amazing network that is totally energetic, completely fun. And it's interesting. It's, it's entertainment. It's eye catching. Speaking of eye-catching, obviously, media is about catching eyeballs. It's, it's a cutthroat, a dog-eat-dog world. Yeah. Someone watching this, because there's many people watching this that, you know, before, what, half an hour ago, I had no idea who you were. Yeah. And conversely, like we talked about before the show, a lot of people that had no idea who I was, and they're watching to see you. Yeah. But for someone that doesn't know Woodward Sports that hasn't watched it every day like I have, why should they give a shit about Woodward Sports? Why should they watch you? Um, Nobody theoretically should give a shit about anything. (laughs) Um, Realistically. Why should they watch? But why should they watch Woodward Sports? Why are you different? Uh, It's it's a completely different take on the sports world. It's not your typical ESPN or your radio station. It's it's not restricted by rules. And rules don't just apply to the swearing aspect or the dress code aspect. It's, It's loose. It's free. It's honest sport takes. It's not just some guy who's four hours in a preparation room trying to write what is like the most important topic of the day that'll get the most ratings. It's, we're here to talk about Detroit sports. We're here to just give whatever the community energy is towards the teams. We want to be able to portray that on camera. And that's like the biggest thing. I mean, that's great. And I, I, I think the best thing is that if Stick wants to go on his show for two hours and talk about why Jim Caldwell was the best coach in football history, <sighs> he's free to do that. Absolutely. Yeah, and, and that's wonderful. why there's people like me there to shoot down his uh, his world. You got your Malker uh, Carcano. That's and right. You're on the 6-4 and you're, you're taking pot shots. Mm-hmm. And, and I didn't need four shots. I just need one shot. Yeah, it, was th- <laughs> it was three. Unless you're buying the, unless someone on the depends. grass, you know. <laughs> The Depends official who you report talk to. was three. I've read way too many self-published books on the JFK. I've stage. watched way too many documentaries, way too many conspiracy videos, and I've read way too many books for a normal person. Yeah. Well, good. No wonder we get along. We're both nuts. <laughs> so, you know, I, I'm all about what you guys are doing. Uh, full supporter. You guys thank know you, that. Thank you. Um, you and know, we love everybody who, who does. I mean, it's not a numbers game for us. It's that's good. Yeah, and and it's you really guys, good. and you're, I mean, you say it's not a numbers game, but your, your numbers for rolling out of bed a few months ago are pretty good. I mean, you have a lot of people tuning in and sharing <laughs> your content and I, you know, there's, there's things I, 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 yeah, I wouldn't say take issue with. That's yeah. not the right phrase. There's things I disagree with, like mm-hmm. with, um, the takes and like, I wouldn't handle things a certain way, yeah. but the general concept of what you're doing, I've been dying for someone to do this. I, I've been begging on, on my Twitter feed, on the website I used to write mm-hmm. for for years. 
please, some billionaire with with fu money, come in and just say here, like here's the keys to the kingdom, make it happen with the it's sports. It's funny you say that, honestly, because if you just take Detroit in itself, just as a city, it's not your typical viewership or audience that is kind of in love with mainstream media. They want to see Detroit people, Michigan people talking about their sports. They don't want to hear people from the outside or mainstream media give their opinion. Maybe it's nice to show up on national TV every once in a while. It's cool. But when you're a Detroit fan, it's usually not good news if you're on mainstream media. Typically not. So again, we it all goes back to what does our audience want? And not just the Woodward sports audience, just Detroit sports fans in general. They just want a new voice. I think we've gotten tired of hearing the same old shit, the same old negativity, some of it warranted, but the same old shit every day we wake up. And for me, I just got frustrated with it. I don't listen anymore. The most provincial areas of the country that I've been to, definitely Boston, number one. I mean, it, yeah. you know, I, not to insult our audience. If you don't know what provincial means, basically just they are like, they ride or die hard for their mm-hmm. town. And you say anything, Boston's the Detroit best. Detroit is, in my opinion the greatest sports city and nobody could change my mind on it's that. It's right up And there. I really believe Boston that. Boston might disagree. But uh, you can they, you yeah. can have that conversation with championships one and right. if you want to talk pedigree, fine, but I've never lived in Boston. I'm sure it's probably very similar to Detroit from a sports standpoint, but just the involvement I've had in the city and celebrating our teams and winning, losing, it's there's nothing more more amazing than Detroit. I was gonna say Boston one, New York two, Detroit three. And three New York seems the, toxic. Oh, it's toxic, but they're toxic. Like we got, I went to a Tigers Yankees playoff game in 2011 Mm -hmm. and my buddy and I were in this bar in the Bronx and wasn't causing any issue at all. We were just like ordering a Labatt at the bar and this big Husky guy comes up and the fuck you doing in the Bronx, bro. And like head, head bought me. Yeah. What the fuck you doing? I, we had a terrible experience in New York, but they, they are toxic, but they at the same time will defend their flag. I love that. Yeah. And I love that about every sports uh, fan base. You it's should. You absolutely should. Yeah, I, I think you, Philly, you shouldn't go out. My bad. Philly's up there, in my opinion. Philly? Philly. I don't know if they're provincial as much as they're just nuts. I, I mean, think they're the, nuts more yeah. than anything. Yeah. I mean, they they kind of hate their own. They love to reflection. hate them, but but they love it. Yeah. Seriously, yeah. they do. <laughs> but I don't know if they get defensive. I feel nope. like they shit on they their take own it. team. Like, they take it. Yeah. I don't know. I would have to think about that. But yeah, I, I mean, the point being Detroit is right up there with people. And, and again, that's where we deviate a little bit because like the Detroit versus everybody stuff, co- people complain about the Lions getting screwed by the refs. I'm like, come on. You have five Lions, minutes to win the game. The Lions have screwed the Lions. We like had the ball on offense. We had five minutes to win that football Which game. Which game are you talking about? The the Cowboys game, pass interference. Oh playoffs? yeah, that's just one time. But the, the Calvin Johnson oh, and the, the Trey Flowers and the last Trey season. Flowers. Look, Look, shit happens. Yeah, <laughs> shit <laughs> happens, guys. I think when you say Detroit versus everybody, you invoke the referees. You're letting the Lions off the hook, and they don't deserve to be let off yeah. the hook. We'll get to them in a second. I love what you're doing. I support it. I got your back. Thank I will you. Thank keep you. Keep watching. I will keep saying that I am in your building. God damn it! Every time I, I love it. Chat. I look forward to it every morning. Uh, I, I I I'll tell you the origin of that after. But uh, so I love what you're doing, and I think it's a good thing. I hope you keep after it. Mm-hmm. I know you're continuing to grow. I know you got a guy with a, a fantastic you know, chain of um, you know haircut salons. What he's more than that. He's in very private. Uh, he's not really an in-your-face, I-want-to-be-known guy, so I don't want to go too far into it. But what I can say is he is an absolute visionary. 
um, and would probably explain much better than me on where Woodward Sports will be in two or three years. I'd love to have him in. Um, I mean, my the extent of my knowledge of Chad Johnson from Lady Jane's is he used to be a big in the advertising at Tiger mm-hmm. Games at Comerica Park. And Lions, yeah. Lions too, yeah. yeah. I, I mean, I saw, I just vividly remember that Comerica Park scoreboard. He'd be up there, and it's wicked awesome. And yeah. I, I've never met him. I mean, yeah. so, yeah, I can't speak to him personally, but I, I know who he is from that. Uh, but, you know, I, I think you guys have the support you need, it seems like. Every, like, six minutes you're posting something. It's signing day, and you're si- you guys are like the Ohio State football we have program. We have tremendous support, uh, not only from him, but his people around him who help make everything the way it is. Um, you couldn't ask for a better situation. You couldn't ask for a better partner. He is, uh, man, I, w- I wish there was an easier way to explain it, but imagine you could walk by in him in the street and not realize who he is. He's that kind of guy. He's very humble, very to himself, but he attacks, attacks. He knows how to get from A to Z maybe faster than most people. So it's it's really important to have a visionary behind your whole network that understands where you want to be right now and where you want to be in five years and how to get there. And time will tell how successful we are, but um, I'm very confident. I know everyone in that building is very confident, and we're going to continue to push, fight, and attack. Oh, keep doing that. Everyone yeah. check them out if you haven't already. They're at Woodward Sports, their Facebook, their Twitter, their Instagram, their everything, their content's awesome. I'm not into like the... MMA stuff, but yeah. like if you are that, um, Ace, Artemis. Yeah. Ace and, Ace and Artemis. Art. Yeah. 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 Art of combat. Those, that, that's a good, I'm not a huge MMA guy. Um, I'm a sports junkie though. So I kind of know everything that's going on yeah. at all times. So, but they're a good listen. Uh, I gotta, I gotta say they're, they're a decent listen. I, why well, that's, what I was going to say it's, it's very I have no idea what I have no idea what they're talking about, but they do a good job. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So it's like, Oh, maybe I should very passionate. That, that's like the big word that you'll notice with every show or every podcast, yeah. it's, it's straight passion. No one's doing it for a paycheck. Everyone is there because they have an opinion. They want to be there and they just want to say how they feel and what they think. And it's amazing. They make me feel like I should give a shit about MMA. So that's like kind of the ultimate. <laughs> They're guilting you into it. I should feel like, oh, these guys, these guys are really into this shit. Maybe it's great. Yeah. I don't know. And that's the point, right? So check them out. Um, yeah. You know, I'm a, I'm a big fan of the, the whole uh, alternative media. In terms of traditional media, Quick transition. This is a perfect segue. All right. I'm a huge movie buff, Adam. I oh, yeah. love going to the movies. My wife rolls her eyes because pre-COVID, I would go to the movies solo, a social faux pas, <laughs> but not to me. There would be a movie she didn't want to see, and I would just go like on a whim. I will sit in a movie alone. It's weird to some people, not weird to me. I can just focus on it. I don't have to worry about anybody elbowing me. I, I like to go right at the end of the run. The best place to go for my money is Imagine Theaters, a wonderful supporter of this show. Paul Glantz, the CEO, who's sort of like the semi-retired CEO emeritus now, is a good friend. Good friend of the show, good supporter of ours. And it's tough times for the movie industry, including Imagine. So please go get a gift card, buy a big bag of their buttery popcorn, imagine-entertainment.com. They are the best. And they were the best before they ever sponsored this show. They have a better bar than um, like most actual just bars in their movie theater. My wife loves all their cocktails there. They're just awesome. So check them out. Recline. You could fall asleep in those big leather chairs they have. They're just the best. Check them out. Paul Glantz, Imagine Entertainment. Great people over there. Appreciate their support. Now let's get to the meat and potatoes of the show. I had to get the Woodward stuff up front because people wanted to know 
why you're here. Yeah. Because we have 97.1 people. We have the Detroit mm-hmm. News people here, the Free Press, the Athletic. Why is Adam here? So we covered that. Yeah. This is what I really wanted to talk All about. All right, here we go. <laughs> and, and we might disagree on some of the stuff, but the Detroit Lions. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, let's just start with the biggest question of this offseason. Because cool. I, I think we can probably agree the coach GM search is number one. That has to happen. Mm-hmm. We know because there's nobody occupying those two roles. So that's a given. What's not a given, but is still a major decision nonetheless, number nine, the quarterback, Matthew Stafford. Yeah. I've been very clear. It's not an anti-Stafford take. I think he's a B-plus quarterback. I think he is very capable of winning a Super Bowl with a better organization, with a better team around him. We can get to that. Hold on. Hold on. Don't shoot me yet. No, no, not yet. Put the rifle away. (laughs) But with all that said, it's not an anti-Stafford take. My take is time to move on, and you said it best. Your quarterback is your CEO. This is a, a company. The CEO of this company has not led them to anything, whether it's his fault, whatever. Yeah. He's the CEO. It hasn't gotten done. He's 33 next season. I say move on, trade him, take the cap hit. It's not as bad as it would have been. Mm -hmm. I don't care if it's even for a second-round pick, third-round pick, even if the return is light. It's Mm -hmm. time to make a change and move on. Do you agree? Uh, There's a lot of factors that go into that. Um, Unpack them all. So first, salary cap hit. I think it's irrelevant. Um, The team has the cap space to do it. and if you really look at the Detroit Lions, they're not a coach away or a draft pick away, let alone from contending for the division, let alone any relevant playoff appearance. So you got to take a step back and understand it's not really so much what Matthew wants, it's what is best for the organization. Do you keep Matthew Stafford for two years, draft your quarterback and groom, or do you move on, take the cap hit, grab uh, draft capital and move on? I think you move on. As hard as that is to say, because he's been a serviceable franchise quarterback, and he's, in my opinion, clear definition, model of consistency, has progressed as his career has gone on, better completion percentages, fewer interceptions, but I have this same feeling about Jim Caldwell. He capped. I think we've seen the best of Matthew Stafford in a Detroit Lions uniform. That doesn't mean we don't trade him to the Indianapolis Colts and he's in the AFC Championship next year. I mean, a lot of hypotheticals, but I think it's time to move on. And it's not so much because of him. It's because the organization doesn't need him right now. Uh, We're in a clear rebuild. We need a new GM, new head coach. The roster is not talented enough to compete for the division. I know I liked you. I know I liked you, Adam. Here's a hypothetical. Okay. I know Jimmy Garoppolo has been struggling there in San Francisco. How about we uh, call up Kyle Shanahan and make a deal, huh? My only issue with that is he has a similar contract to Matthew Stafford, similar cap hits. We don't really gain anything from that. They're not giving us a first-round pick. They're not giving us a second, let alone. So I'm not sure how we benefit from that trade. That's kind of just we're getting a younger version of an injury-prone quarterback who is very inconsistent and is always hurt. I think it's a backwards step. I'm not saying trade directly for Jimmy Garoppolo. I'm saying trade Stafford for picks, maybe a second round, third round. Not Mm -hmm. Jimmy. Hell no. Oh, okay. Uh, No, thanks. I mean, that's he Personally, not me. No, personally, no. I think I don't want Carson Wentz. I don't want Jimmy Garoppolo. 
our quarterback of the future is in college right now, or he's preparing to enter the draft, or he's in college and he's a freshman, or he's in high school. Stick, we is, are, Stick is so mad that we're agreeing. We are that. years away from competing for a division. Now, do I think the right GM and a very good head coach coming in could make this team a seven-win team next year and a 10-win season the year following? Probably. But a lot of things have to go right. And the quarterback position, again, that's where you have to make a decision. Are we in a rebuild? Or do we think we're almost there? We're going to keep Stafford. We're going to be competitive for a few years. And your definition of competitive can be taken many different ways. We haven't been competitive in a while. And then you groom your future quarterback and do you bring him in? I, I, I still think no matter what, there's an ending where Matthew Stafford has to leave. Whether it's in two years or this offseason. You need to bring in your GM. You need to bring in your head coach and really have a plan. And if there's no plan, I'm going to get very frustrated. (laughs) But there needs to be a plan what to do with Matthew Stafford. Is he deserving of the respect to trade him where he wants to go to compete? Yes. I think he's earned that. But the team also needs to get proper compensation, in my opinion. Well, and what that looks like, who knows? I mean, the fan, I think we might be in the minority just from what I'm seeing anecdotally in my social circle of Lions Mm -hmm. fans, but also with what we're seeing from certain GM candidates, the current media darling and the darling of Detroit fans is Lewis Riddick, you know, ESPN guy, talented broadcaster, was director of scouting for the Philadelphia Eagles, Mm -hmm. like almost a decade ago. Yep. He came out with a tweet. uh, Actually, it was just an interview, um, but it was all over Twitter. uh, And and Ben will throw that up there in a second. But, um, you know, his stance Basically is, here we go. I'll just read it. This is December 23rd, so not even a week ago. Direct Lewis Riddick quote about Matthew Stafford. Matthew Stafford should be sitting right where he is. They build around him. Detroit will be just fine. Does that answer your question when he was asked about this? And (sighs) I I don't think Riddick's take is an outlier. I think that seems to be the case. And I will say that if a new GM comes in here in let's say three or four weeks, I think they're going to make the hire right after the playoffs end because they, they want to interview those candidates within mm-hmm. a week after the Super Bowl. You know, they'll, they'll have somebody in place. If that guy or gal keeps Stafford and makes that statement on day one, are you out already? No. Um, you're you're going to wait and see. I'm not out. I want to know the plan. So if, whether it's an Ed Dodds, who is my pick, or Mike Organzi, my pick also, those two I'm very happy with. This is why Lewis Riddick is not qualified for the fucking job. <laughs> so you, he's, he's gone for this, you already. That, that statement alone him. disqualifies him. Everybody else loves him. I mean, you well, are like I, the only two. Look, Lewis Riddick is a great on-air TV, whatever you want to call it, personality. Yeah. He does a great job contributing to their shows. I think he offers valuable insight. Having said that, he has been out of the league for almost 10 years. And when has he ever been held accountable for his picks or his decisions? He hasn't. No. Nope. He's on TV. On TV, you're always right. You can always be right on TV. You can just say, I really like this guy coming out of college and nobody will ever hold you accountable for it. Oh, no one will remember. No, exactly. <laughs> for the most part. So if you're not in that room making those decisions, don't tell me what to do with Matthew Stafford, please. Yeah. We've seen him. He's done a great job with what he has. I think he underachieved in those prime years. Under uh, Schwartz and Caldwell, the 10 and 6 and the 11 and 5 with Caldwell. So I felt like his career, he didn't get what maybe we probably should have gotten out of him. Probably a few playoff wins, maybe a division win. 
I felt that would have been more encompassing of Matthew Stafford's career, but it just didn't work out. And you, you have to learn to move on, and you don't want to move on too late. That's the worst thing you can do. You can trade him now. I don't know his value. I'm not going to sit here and say that I do. But we don't. if you can get two second-round picks, I'd be very happy with that. I am more than happy to take a cap on that. I agree. That is two immediate players that can probably step into this team and improve the team. To what extent, if any, do you blame him for the aforementioned lack of success? No division titles, no playoff wins, only a couple of playoff appearances, none of which went well. You know, it's, is he a victim of circumstance or is he on the hook for those? I think he should be held responsible for his performances during his playoff appearances. Having said that, his supporting cast was never maybe other than the year we lost to the Saints who romped us. That was probably his best team. You want to go to the Cowboys one that year? They're very similar, but that year Calvin Johnson was playing out of his mind. The offense was clicking. It was very dynamic. The defense was a top five defense, but the defense didn't show up against the Saints. So we put up roughly 34 points, I think. We lost like 44-34, something like that, but... I don't know. It's it's hard to just blame one guy when he's had multiple head coaches, multiple OCs, multiple GMs. Again, I think he did a great job being a franchise quarterback, which is no matter what happens around me, I'm here, guys. You can follow me all on the field. And I think he's done that exceptionally well. So basically, he's responsible, but you're not. It's not all. His I don't fault. think I mean, it's you're all kind of him. In the middle. Yeah, I, I think there's shared responsibility for why we haven't won playoff games. I think coaching is a big reason. I think. Uh, talent evaluation is a big reason. Off-season moves is a big reason. But on the field, you have to win games. I know he's done a, an amazing job statistically, and we've had those fourth-quarter comebacks, but that's a lot of inconsistent football up until the last drive. And I, I really felt felt that way about Caldwell. We were so inconsistent, but nobody wants to admit it, and it drives me nuts. And how can you win realistic? If you can't win a division, how do you really expect to win Super Bowls? And that's my biggest thing. We weren't even able to win a division, for God's sake. The Giants walk around, we beat Tom Brady twice in a Super Bowl. Like, fuck off. That's an anomaly. That will not happen probably for another 15, 20 years. I'm not even going to get you going on the Steelers, man. Yeah, if we're going to hold our hats on getting hot at the end of the season stick, that shit does not work. It happened twice. I love when you go off on stick at Winter Sports. This I probably should have played this during the Winter Sports segment, but Ben, can you throw the compilation of Adam just clobbering? Oh people? shit, you guys have yeah. this. Can, can no, you, can you play? It's not that long. There's a compilation of you just getting the hammer out on your colleagues over there at Winter Sports. Yeah, just, man, it gets it gets frustrating, man. You get so fired up. I we should have played this earlier, but it, it's very fitting now that you're kind of poking at the stick. Oh God. I can talk into a sixth grade middle school and be their best, best player. player. What the fuck does that mean? Oh, that's you're, you're talking, talking out of your ass again. You weren't talking about it. Look, did anything I did anything I just say in that whole montage of me flipping out was wrong? No, I agree. Alligator probably can get through it. We had a pathetic record against winning teams under not just Matthew Stafford, but Jim Caldwell. And that was really the whole premise of that argument is how do we say he was great? And he just, he couldn't beat good teams. And that's why we never won a division. That's why yep. we couldn't beat the Cowboys. That's why we couldn't beat the Saints. That's why we couldn't beat the Seahawks. You're, you're, 
second best episode. I mentioned earlier your first was when you know Chris and whole Joey they were ready to hit each other over the head. The, the second best episode for my money was excerpted from uh, yeah we excerpted from it for that yeah. co- you know little montage. But it was the Jim Caldwell discussion. Mm-hmm. And but for you, it would have been the worst show anyone's ever done ever because it would have been an unchecked hour of how Jim Caldwell was great. Yeah, it's frustrating. You were suffering no fools. And thank God you were there because if, <laughs> if that level of, of insanity had gone unchecked, I would have killed myself on general principle. That was the worst take I've ever heard in the last five years, anyway, yeah. from Stick. That Jim Caldwell, we're romanticizing Jim Caldwell. And this isn't the pick on him. This is like an actual thing mm-hmm. on social media with a, a large segment of the Lions fan base. It's not like your your colleague Sam Day is on some island romanticizing Jim Caldwell. That's a common thing where people, it's completely revised the history where somehow mm-hmm. Jim Caldwell, they, he didn't do anything. Yeah. You know what? You know what? Going on the road as a wild card and getting rolled or losing to Dallas, I don't care. Just losing in general does for me. It does the exact same thing going 2-14 and 14 does. Nothing. It does nothing for me. I make no distinction between anything Jim Caldwell ever did and anything Matt Patricia ever did because Jim Caldwell gave me no more pleasure than Matt Patricia ever did in this run. I'm tired of you play to win the game 9-7, and seven, even the 11-5 and five season, which had some you know nice ups in it. You ended up getting your nuts. Eleven and five. Anyway. We were six and two. We yep. were all over mainstream media. We were the favorites to win the division. I believe Aaron Rodgers was hurt at the time. And then he came back at the end of the season, yep. and they ended up winning the division. And we lost our last two with a golden all, chance to. We needed to host win two. Game. We needed to win two of our last five games to win the division. We couldn't do that. And we never can. And it's, it's never get it done. I, I it's so complicated because I, I appreciate. I really do. And I think people forget this. I appreciate the moments we had under Jim Caldwell. Like, I remember those game-winning field goals, the game-winning drives. We were we were winning. And then before the playoff ass-kickings, like, we're in the playoffs. The team looks good. Optimism. But when you just get embarrassed the way we do in the playoffs, like, come on, man. We don't beat good teams. The record against winning teams should tell us everything. Matt Patricia, in three years, with a shitty record, won almost as many games against winning teams as Jim Caldwell. Jim Caldwell won five in four years. Matt Patricia won three. What the fuck? <laughs> here's, now, here's where you guys, and not to put you all as, as one, but for the yeah. most part, the general, the Corey Woods, the Sam Day, to a lesser extent you, you guys can generally be characterized as being pro-Lions winning even in a lost season. I don't know. Is it Corey that runs your Twitter feed? Um, Everybody has a hand in our Twitter feed, so, so multiple, it's kind of multiple which, opinions. Yeah, okay. there's not one person that does everything, but okay. uh, everyone is open to express well, their I'll opinions. tell you why I'm asking. Yeah, because, yeah go for it. Because, I think I know where you're going with this. Yeah, and you can hit me. But here, here's the bottom line. I have been extremely vocal that I think the fans that do these celebration videos after meaningless wins, actually not meaningless, they're detrimental wins in a lost season, I think they're making asses of themselves. Doesn't mean I don't like them. Doesn't mean they don't do other good work. But in that moment, they're making asses of themselves. My friend Andy Isaac sat in the same chair you're in now, was actually featured in a video by the Detroit Lions on their own social media feed going nuts after a win. And I told him to his face, Andy, I love you. 97.3% of your content is good. That's higher than mine probably. 
But that 2.7% where you're doing cartwheels because the team pulled the four and six at the end of the season in a year that we all know is lost. If you have two brain cells, you know, they're not going anywhere. And now you look the way these things are shaking out now. And Ben, this is to his credit because he brought this up to me uh, yesterday or two days ago. If the Lions had one more loss, if they hadn't, if Ty Gurley just falls down like he was supposed to, and that when that everyone was celebrating, Hawkinson catches the pass in the end zone, everyone's thrilled. If they had lost that game, they'd be in position to pick third overall potentially in a few months. Mm-hmm. And instead, because of that win, the win that Isaac did a, a carnival dance, the one that Sam Day was jumping around in his living room, almost hit his head on the ceiling because he's so tall. That win was detrimental. I said it at the time. Whoever runs your Twitter feed, I don't know if they were calling me out. I'm very sensitive, so I take everything like it was an attack on me. But (laughs) after one of those wins said, you know, oh, who's poo-pooing the Lions now? I raised my hand. It's, It's me. I'm still saying it's bad that they won. Tell me why I'm wrong or if I'm wrong. Aren't those wins just detrimental? Why don't they piss you off? Because I want the Lions to do well, and I think those wins are detrimental. I want the there's, third there's a lot. Pick. There's a lot to understand about draft positioning. Um, usually when you're in the top two, top three, you take a quarterback, typically. But having said that, um, I don't think the NFL operates how the NBA and the NHL works, where you draft a LeBron, you're gold for 10 years. You draft Connor McDavid, you're gold for 10 years. You draft Sidney Crosby, you're gold for 10, 15 years. Uh, in the NFL, it's a 53-man roster. So my take is I don't celebrate when we're 4-11 and 11 and we win the last game of the season. I'm not celebrating, and I'm not pissed off that we won. I'm just, this, the season is lost. My focus is what are we going to do in the offseason? I'm a firm believer. It's not when where you pick, it's who you pick. Uh, we took Ebron over Darn, uh, Don, Aaron Donald. Um, I can go back like 10, 15 years of just drafts that we completely missed on players. Hindsight 2020, but the point is, it's not where, it's who. In the last 20 Super Bowls, 16 of them were represented by third round picks or later uh, at the quarterback position. That's, the, that's an there are only step. four that had head-to-head first or second round matchup. And I feel like history says a lot about the way you build your team. So I don't think we need to take Matthew Stafford at one to have a successful 10, 15 years. But if the quarterback is there, you take him if you think he's the guy. Look what the Bears did. They traded up to get Mitchell Trubisky. Yeah, oops. So when you, but but in their defense, in their defense, when you're sitting in that GM chair, and that's your guy, you fucking get him at any cost if you think he's the guy. I agree with that. So... Why I I don't worry about where we pick is because we need to know what are we building. We need a, a roster overhaul. Bob Quinn and Sheila, I believe, not Sheila, Martha at the time, coming out and saying we need better than nine and seven was detrimental to our future. That statement alone is why we ended up with a Cuda at three instead of trading back, gaining draft capital. And I don't care who we drafted. Isaiah Simmons, I don't care if we traded back to 20. I don't give a shit. The fact that we set ourselves up for failure that way was very frustrating to me. We ended up taking a cornerback. There's no cornerback in my lifetime other than Chan Bailey and Deion Sanders that were deserving of a top three pick. So how the f- 
fuck are we taking Jeff Okuda with that pick? I agree. I'm happy he's here. Whatever. Cool. I'm not. I hope. Why? I hope, Why I hope he did. Because we can't get rid of him. So he's here. I just hope he develops into a very good corner. He's one of the worst players in the NFL objectively by pro football. He focus had a measures. few good weeks by pro football focus. He was like top three for, I believe, a three-week like stretch. And then he got hurt. Second in the beginning, he was getting torched. No, I mean, his final but, score. Well, yeah, he hasn't played much. And when he has played, he's gotten romped, but. He's, he's no. not in the top 100. There's only like 125 eligible guys. But th- that's where like the whole point of it's not where it's who. We had the third overall pick in the draft. We took a goddamn cornerback. No, you're not wrong. But in the history of the NFL, if you want to talk about history, mm-hmm. has anyone ever even pondered accepting, hey, I have the seventh overall pick. You want to trade me straight up for number three? No, you you get future picks, of course. I mean, if you do a, that because the third overall pick is, is a valuable asset. I'm not saying if I have the third overall to, pick to I'm a team that needs a quarterback. This team or, does, but it, it, this, I don't care whether you need a quarterback or not. I'll always take the third overall pick over the seventh, and anybody mm-hmm. would. So it's not about. I think it's a straw man it's that a, some people do. It's a balance. Yeah. It's so because I agree it's with very clear. No, no. So I agree with a lot of what you're saying, but yeah. there's there you have to understand. At three, again, hindsight 2020, but there are two quarterbacks available. There's Tua and there's Justin Herbert. The organization made the wrong decision and did not trade back. Not only could they have traded back and still gotten Herbert or Tua, they could have traded back realistically, had more draft capital, could have gotten DeAndre Swift and maybe another player in the second round that is much more talented, maybe even a Patrick Queen. You could have leveraged those two picks and traded up in the first round. A million scenarios I could go through, but... It's about who's making the decision. That's that's really it. Um, I trust the Chiefs GM. I trust the Colts. I trust the Ravens. I trust the Steelers because they're not relying on the top five picks. They're trade. They're drafting eighteen to thirty every single season, yep. and they're making it happen. And they're they're making shit happen in the second, and the third, and the fourth round. And in the NFL, that's where the magic is. If we think. Tank, and I don't want to say tanking, but if we think being a top five pick every year is going to do us any good, look at the Jets. They're about to draft another quarterback, and like it's not even their quarterback's fault. Like I know. I mean, look, I I think there's a balance. I don't think it's either one. I I really do. That you have to understand. You have to make the right decisions, and it's so easy to be wrong. But my opinion of a top five pick is they better be an either five time Pro Bowler. And if they're top three, they got to be a fucking Hall of Famer. So I'll, I'll make it like, from my perspective, as simple as I can phrase it. Mm-hmm. Will you agree the third overall pick is better than the seventh overall? Oh, pick? of course, no, okay. of course. Do you agree that four and twelve and five and eleven are both shit seasons that no one cares about? Yes, and I'd rather be four and twelve. Okay, so because of draft capital, why would anyone celebrate one of the five wins in a shitty? That's season? the thing. I don't agree with the celebrating part. Okay. That I'm on board with. Oh, okay. I think that's a. I think it's very stupid. Do, but it doesn't I, bother I, you as much as it bothers. It doesn't me, bother me as much as it bothers you because I have. I really believe that it's who you pick, not where. And you have a wife, but you're not as crazy as I am. <laughs> but I also prefer to have higher draft capital. I can leverage it. I agree. And we don't leverage our draft capital. We never leveraged having the third or the fifth or the seventh. Hawkinson at eight looks like a good choice right now. It looks like it's working out. He'll probably be a six, seven-time Pro Bowler if he stays healthy. So I can't be mad at that. But Ebron, Gazzard, I mean, I don't want to. I don't want to go on the list. If you of ever players, see me, rec- I just say, let me finish with that. If you ever see me recording myself in a terrible lion season as they they kick I a field goal, just. Get that rifle out and end it, because I, I will hate wherever my life landed. And, and I and if you I, notice when Stick does those post game celebrations when we're just 
season's over and there's nothing to play for, I don't comment. It's I just, that, it's that I try not him. to go off because uh, part of me as a Lions fan is, wow, we won a game. But hi, like I have a bigger picture in mind. Like I don't give a shit that we just beat whoever we beat. Like we're four and eleven. We're gonna finish the season. I'd rather finish four and twelve than five and eleven. Because if we're not taking our quarterback, we can leverage it against a team at six or seven who really wants the quarterback. Like that's just my philosophy. I, I called Sam because I think it was. I mean, he he might fact check me and whatever, but I'm pretty sure I called him like right after that or the day after mm-hmm. that uh, celebration video that he had, and I was kind of making fun of him and like how dumb this whole thing was. And he was convinced at that time that they were going to make the playoffs, and I made a bet. Bro, for him. I I can't. I gave him three to one odds, which he took. But he owes me a, a, a venti. He owes me a big cup of coffee, and he has not paid up. Look, I... You going to see him tomorrow? Stick you- drives me nuts, because when... Patricia was fired, all right? And Bevel was promoted. We actually had a conversation on our show. <laughs> and it wasn't a conversation. It was two idiots, hypothetically speaking. If Bevel wins out, does he get the head coaching job? And in my head... How has anything we've done over the last three years tell you that we're going to actually win out these games? Forget the schedule. Forget who we're playing. Do you really think we can put together a five, six game win streak? Ask yourself that question. And obviously it didn't go anywhere with them. They were in La La Land. But I get that you feel like if you're them, you have to have that hypothetical because you Why? are creating. It's you're frustrating. Creating, you feel like you need to create topics. I, I do like empathize with that a little bit because you guys are on every day. I'm on once a week. My job's a lot easier than what you yeah. guys are trying to execute. But that was bad. But, yeah, that's where I say, like, I love what you guys are doing, but there's sometimes I'm like, what's going on here? And then, thank God, you're there to inject some sanity into the conversation. Yeah. And, and that's a good thing. I like, get that comment a lot. Well, yeah. Because I get, I'm, the, I'm, the, I'm the one on the show that knows what they're talking about. Yeah, the knowledgeable one. And sometimes, <laughs> you, you know, you're the measured, level-headed person. You're like the human Ativan sometimes there, and sometimes they need I like that. that. So, that's yeah. a good reference. Yeah, no problem. I, I'm not sponsored by Pfizer or whoever the fuck creates Ativan. So perfect segue, not the Advent part, but you mentioned the coaching and Bevel and what mm-hmm. if they go five and zero and beat everybody by seventy two points? Should he get the full time job? Yep. We were actually searching this in show prep this week. We we're talking about just in general with the lines where they're going to go with their coaching search, and it, obviously, I think you have to have the GM in place. I think you would agree, yeah. right? I mean, you want you want GM be, before the coach. 100%. That's correct. Yeah, you got it's got to be the GM's guy. So, but we'll put that aside. There, not as many people know. GM candidates. They're not yeah. out there as much as the coaching They're candidates are. They're not junkies are. like we are. And we were checking out because I always go to Vegas. And it's not that Vegas always knows. They're just, but Vegas does know the temperature. It doesn't mean they know what's going to happen, but Vegas knows the temperature of what people are thinking, what the vibe is, what the buzz is around candidates. And FanDuel, not technically Vegas, but FanDuel, a large gambling outlet, among other things. It's not just daily fantasy sports there. They tweeted out there, this was about a week ago, they tweeted out there, most likely to be the next head coach of the Lions. This isn't Jackass is on the radio. This is I'm trying to make money. Here's the odds. Obviously, if you're watching, you can see it in front of you. For the audio listeners, they have my guy, my pick, Robert Sala at plus 150 for the non-gambling incline. That means he is a heavy, heavy favorite. If you bet $100, you only win $150. That's um, not a good payout. That is a almost prohibitive favorite at what this point. What stops people from taking $500 and just putting $100 on each of those candidates and winning I'd have money to do, either way? Dude, I got like a C- minus in math. I, I, you don't want me to do this on the fly. I'd have to work out that hypothetical on a napkin if, after if the show. If you put 
and anybody other than Robert Sala wins, you make money. Yeah, but what if it's option six, Urban Meyer off the board? I mean, who knows? Well, true. I'm just saying, you're asking the wrong guy to do calculus on the fly. So anyway, Robert Sala is plus 150. He's the favorite. Coming in second, Eric Bieniemy, offensive coordinator for the Chiefs, is plus 700. Arthur Smith, coordinator for the Titans, offensive coordinator for the Titans, plus 900. Lincoln Riley, which is just not going to happen, head yeah. coach of uh, Oklahoma. That'd be plus, my dream. It'd be awesome, but it's just that's ridiculous. Jim Harbaugh True. at plus eleven hundred. I think Riley only ever coaches the Cowboys. He would go to Dallas. Yeah, he'd go I to think, Dallas. I don't think he'd go anywhere else. You don't leave Oklahoma. That's a Big Twelve championship eight every ten years. Yeah, and they pay him like seven million a year. Oh he's, yeah, he gets paid as much as he would. And he in has the NFL. complete control over the program. So right. that, that's that's a bad bet if you were to put your money on. Yeah, it. that's a waste. But you know that's that's sort of where things are now. So we'll, you know, ripping him through real quick again. Mm-hmm. Robert Sala, the near prohibitive favorite, defensive coordinator for San Francisco. Eric Bieniemy, second, third, Arthur Smith, and then you start getting into the you know quadruple digits for the odds, and very unlikely. So it seems to basically, the market anyway, boil down to Sala, the enemy, and outside chance of Arthur Smith. Who do you want to see? Where do you land? Uh, I'm more excited about who our GM is, honestly. Okay, yeah, but I mean... But if, if, I were, if I were to have one of them, I, I'd rather... I don't mind. I don't mind Sala or... You're good with enemy. either one. I'm good with either one. I'm, I'm more concerned about who our GM is. I, that, I, for me, tells me everything I need to know. If we get a Dodds to leave Indianapolis, which is a very comfortable situation for him, or even Borgonzi, who is, again, comfortable in Kansas City, that's a big statement, in my opinion. We have to see what they do. The problem is those guys are employed right now, so they can't talk to them And they're very important figures in those organizations. Yes. They're winning right now, so something we're not doing. Very highly regarded. And the list of guys that are are being rolled out right now, like Dimitrioff and Scott Pioli, like, they throw up. But I'm telling people, like, don't freak out. They're going to interview everyone in the phone book. Mm-hmm. What's really going to be interesting is the conversations they have when the floodgates are open and the pool is open yeah. and there's no restrictions. You got to get your guy quick. That's the thing. You have to be able to snag yeah. him very quickly. I mean, it's it's going to be a hard job to pitch. There's Houston with Deshaun Watson. But you're you're all about you're all about the GM. You think the coach is not as important, but you're you're no good. because where we're at. I think um, four years, three years ago, when Matt Patricia took over, a nine and seven football team. Granted, it was an inconsistent nine and seven football team. The expectation at the time was to win 10, 11, 12 games. Clearly, we didn't do that. So now the next person that's walking in is walking into a rebuild. So the pressure for the head coach is much, <clears throat> sorry uh, is much less for the GM. The GM has to build a roster. So I feel like head coaching is such a timing thing. Look at San Francisco with Kyle Shanahan. Yeah. Look true. at Los Angeles with uh, Sean McVay. Even Brian Flores, the dude was a blessing out of heaven for Miami. They were tanking for Tua last year. He shows up. They win a few games. Impressive wins. Granted, one was a lucky miracle, but a win. They somehow walk into this season and they're contending to make the playoffs. He was too good. Like they hired too good of a coach for what they were trying to do. It's they were trying to tank. And this guy walks in and is like, fuck that. I can do a lot with this team. And that's why, in my opinion, Anthony Lynn, although they're on a three-game win streak right now and uh, with the Chargers, needs to be evaluated at the end of the year. That's another job I think opens up. And again, rookie, uh, Justin Herbert. He'll be a second-year pro next year. There's a lot more appealing jobs out there, in my opinion, than the Detroit job. 
So I want to see the GM get locked up. And we can worry about a head coach in two years, three years' time. In terms of the Lions, we'll finish on this. The the big thing that I see that's a divide between the fan base is this concept of the Ford's curse or the lack thereof. Yeah. Are you in the camp of as long as the Fords win, it doesn't matter what happens, they will never succeed on any meaningful level, or do you think they can be in place for something? I, I don't believe in that stuff. I think if you're honest with yourself as a fan and you go back into the history and evaluate everybody we've ever brought in, whether it's GM or head coach, the media at the time was high on them. We went after Mariucci. We went after Millen. We went after Quinn. We went after Patricia. We went after Caldwell, Schwartz. I mean, not for a lack of trying. Do I think ownership has been a problem? Sure. I think there's a lot of things you can put on their heads. But maybe these last few years, we'll see if they stick to their word. They're taking a step back and they're letting football people run the football operation. We don't want Jerry Jones here. I don't want another Jerry Jones in the NFL. I think it's enough that he's there. So I don't think changing owners really solves anything. I think if anything, it probably sets the team back because now you're completely changing the operation. You're completely changing everybody in the building. I don't equate ownership unless it's stable with success. You look at the Ravens, you look at the O'Hara family and with the Giants. Granted, they've been a mess. You only ever hear about the owners when you win. Um, you don't usually call for owners to sell the team when you're losing, especially when you're trying. I mean, it doesn't make sense. Ooh, we could open up that can of worms. I can go on and on about the Fords, which I yeah. won't. But um, No, I'm, I'm very curious because... They're on their third... This is the third member of the bloodline to run this that's thing. My, that's where I, I feel like a step back is needed. I don't care who's the owner, per se. I care who's running the actual football operation. But they so right choose now, those people, though. And that's the problem. They've been choosing very bad people. And now we have Rob Wood over the last few years, and now he's brought in Chris Spielman. And again, we're in this cycle of, we'll see, we'll see. And I'm getting frustrated with it, but I don't think you'll ever see me out in the street petitioning for the Fords to sell their sell the company. Why would they? It's, 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 well, they would, not, why would you, if you were the owner of the Detroit Lions, would you ever sell because some dickhead like me is out there in the streets? Sell the team, you suck. Well, it wouldn't be because of that. If anything, it would be to get some shielding from the estate tax but, know, with Martha, because that's, that's a whole other issue. I mean, yeah. Martha's like 95 years old and their assets, that, that's going to be a problem for some really high priced lawyers. That would be the motivation, would be the money aspect of it and what the estate tax laws are and mm-hmm. the way you can gift things, you know, where if it's cash versus an asset, things of that nature. That would be the motivation. Absent of that, they're not going to do it because, you know, your current colleague, Sean Belegian, is organizing the Mill and Man March and everyone wear orange because they're playing the Bengals in week 17. <laughs> That's not going to get it done. Yeah. I'm with you on that. I, I'm not saying let's protest. That will be the solution. I'm just sitting here calling balls and strikes like the umpire. 100%. You, I can respect that. You killed JFK the same day that William Clay Ford Sr. bought this team. I hate that, that. That's part of it. It's so... But it's very it's, fitting. It's so fitting. That's the problem. Yeah, it's it's perfect. <laughs> November 22nd, 1963, you executed the president in Dealey Plaza, and William Clay Ford Sr. executed the souls of anybody that cares about football in this town. That's the reality. So you can say, take a step back. I've been taking a step back. Thank you for putting that back up. I've been taking the step back. <laughs> I'm 33 years old. I've been taking a step back for three... 
33 years. If this were the flat earth, I would have fallen off. I'd be in the Milky Way right now. Um, this is this patience with the Fords. I love you. You're smart. You're the best guy in the fledgling network. It's Adam, not patience, though. It's it's reality. If I'm, again. So you're in the acceptance They are billionaires. They are, if I had $10 billion, I'd offer seven to buy the team. And I think they would probably say no. You do not sell that. You don't sell an NFL team unless you have to. Look at the Clip, uh, the Clippers sold because the guy had a scandal. Uh, the Timberwolves, I believe, sold because they just couldn't sell out seats. Same with the Jazz uh, at the time, but the NBA is a different market. Nobody really sells a football team. Dan Schneider, we'll see if he sells that team, but that's a disaster right now. You, they, they're not going to sell, so I'm not going to waste my time not just bashing them, but calling for something that realistically might not even happen. Maybe, maybe they do. Great, but that doesn't guarantee anything. I'm That's not all. saying I think they're going to sell. But their or... track record has been a track record of failure. I'll agree on that. So I can't, I, you're saying I can't petition for them you to can. sell. You can, no, 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 I, no, I know I can. I know you're not going to like, you know, come <laughs> shoot me. Or, down. Or I mean, I could. I know. On that picture, you have but... the chops, you have it on your resume, but I'm not saying that, but I'm saying to be a rational person in, in Adam Badoon's head, I can't really say, oh, sell the team because it's a non-starter. It's not going to happen anyway. I'm not even saying that. What I'm saying is, is it safe to say that they're a disaster? We're on the third try of this disaster. I'm just waiting for the family pet to get the fourth crack at this. Maybe they should let their chihuahua run the show next. They have been an unmitigated disaster. And I'm in the camp. It's not a curse. Incompetence isn't a curse. It's just mm-hmm. a reality. Yep. They're incompetent owners. There's no evidence to the contrary. Sheila Fordham, I, I killed Justin Rogers on this in studio. Oh, we got to give her a chance. She's different. She made one big decision, and everyone said, oh, she didn't take over the team until five months later. She was the one that sat in front of the media and said, oh, I know better than the fans do. I know the easy decision would be to get rid of Quintricia. I like the way this team's going. That wasn't Martha Ford. That 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 mm-hmm. wasn't Bill Ford from the, the junior from the – Ford power plant. That was Sheila Fordham sat in front of the media and said, I know you and the fans all think that this has to end, that we have to go in a different direction. I don't think it's that black and white, though. I think there's more to that. But she said it. I didn't say uh, it. She said it. But again, was that was right? before the season, correct? That was in December after, of at the last end of season, last year at the end, when they decided they announced they were retaining both. So let's them. go back to last year. Let's completely forget what happened this year. Last year, we decent start to the year three and uh, three three and one, I believe, or three two and one. Yeah, and a couple, you know, they had the Chiefs on the road. The Chiefs should have won the Packers. Should have beat game. the Cardinals. So you know, I don't want to say the team was a a powerhouse, but looked like it was progressing from the year prior. Stafford goes down. The your season is a complete waste. I don't see how, honestly, if unless you want to use hindsight, I don't see how you as an owner walk in that room after the franchise quarterback is out for the whole season. And you sit there and say, all right, your first season was shit. We looked promising in the beginning, but Stafford got hurt. I'm going to let you guys' contract run out. I'm going to give you your third year. And your third year is make or break. If you guys aren't making it how I expect us to, you're gone. And I think she made that very clear, and she held her decision. Thanksgiving Day, got pummeled by the Texans. Totally out of playoff uh, contention, even though I felt after week one, we were out of the playoff contention. Uh, I felt he should have gotten fired week one after the Jets, but that's irrelevant. She made the decision. She stuck to her word. It's not about giving her a chance, so, per se. It's understanding they're not going to change ownership anytime soon. If they ever do, 
great. Bye. On to the next one. But I don't, I don't want to waste my time worrying about ownership. Although I think it's a factor. So again, that's why I'm interested in the GM. Who are the people that the ownership has put in charge? Who are they putting in charge of running the team? That's, that's where I'll know. I, and I if, if we get some random dude, I swear, if we get Lewis Riddick, that will set me over the edge. Then I'll start. I'll watch that episode. But, so, I don't know. T- talk to your boss, Chad Johnson. Maybe he can pull some funds with some of his rich friends and <laughs> may, may take a stab at ownership. I don't think it's – I, I made it very clear. I could have $10 billion sitting in the bank account. I don't think that would be enough to sway any NFL owner of selling the team. Perhaps at that not. point, At that point, not, one, they're all financially well off. So money at that level is irrelevant. $2 billion and $8 billion, there's no difference. That is too much money. The power that comes with being an NFL owner is better than the money. And that's why I genuinely, I really feel nobody would ever sell. I think the Fords will continue to pass it down unless a scandal comes out with Ford Mortar Company and, and some crazy shit happens. I don't see them selling other than they have to and the NFL forces their hand. Maybe we plant some fake evidence on them. <laughs> Maybe, let's, let's, I'm, I'm not above well, cockiness. I don't know how to plant evidence. It, yeah, so. I know. You, 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 you were uh, convicted had you not been executed by Jack Ruby in, in the, the Dallas <laughs> they Police tried, Department they basement. Tried. Yeah, so yeah, here you sit. So, all right, I, I need like seven shots of whiskey after discussing the Lions for an hour. Yeah. But uh, we'll, I guess we'll get to that after. We're going to move on to our speed round. Okay. Uh, To these, I'm gonna throw some stuff at you. We'll see like what you that. have. That's cool. Yeah, I know we're we're both long-winded by nature, so this is a way to try to constrain me a little bit. You know, okay. it's, it's tough. It's tough to keep me short. So we talked about the misery of the Lions. I said I don't think they'll ever get it done with the Fords owning the team. You said that they'll never sell, which means you know A plus B means C. They're never gonna win anything. We're gonna start in that vein. Okay. okay, I've disqualified the Lions. Maybe you haven't. But what is then the next Detroit team to win a championship? I've got to say the Detroit Red Wings. Why? The Detroit Red Wings are trending extremely upwards. They have a crap ton of young prospects in their farm system and on the team. And I really believe in Steve Eiserman. There's no GM maybe outside of Troy Weaver right now running any operation in Detroit that I believe more in. Look what he did with Tampa Bay. He has the track record. I think the Red Wings a year and a half, two years from now will be in the playoffs. Three, three and a half years they'll be competing for Stanley Cup. I agree completely. Wings are my pick for the reason you said. Steve Eisman is the best GM just, not in the city. He I can't is the, be wrong. He is the best GM <laughs> in his sport, and it is a cap league, and they will spend to the cap when the time is right. So I agree with you. We're one for one. We'll see where you land on this. We're only, right. what, uh, I don't know, six weeks away. I'm bad at math. Who wins Ooh. Super Bowl 55? Who's your Ooh. Pick? So in the NFC, I have a toss-up. I'm not sure really who's the favorite to come out of the NFC. For me in the AFC, it's clearly the Chiefs or the Bills, but my Super Bowl matchup will probably be the Kansas City Chiefs beating the Green Bay Packers. So you have the Chiefs in a repeat. All right, fair yeah. enough. Aaron Rodgers being this good is not something I saw. I thought we'd MVP. be MVP. He he has to be as much as I love Mahomes and as good as he mm-hmm. is. So this is a, a Andy Isaac tribute topic. <laughs> 
Best Middle Eastern restaurant in Metro Detroit. I'm a huge uh, Middle Eastern guy. I can, are you? I, I just love, I mean, I, I'm Greek, which is not Middle East. I got to invite you over for dinner then. Oh, man. I, I will pack on the weight at your house any day. I love Middle Eastern. No, like, enjoy it. Cajun food and Middle Eastern are my two favorite like genres. Mm-hmm. So I could pound Middle Eastern all day. Is there a spot in Metro Detroit you like? Yeah. I mean, I, I'm biased, but it's got to be a Lashish restaurant. Lashish? In, uh, on Michigan Avenue in Dearborn. Nothing wrong with that. And yeah. you're a Dearborn guy, right? I'm you're a Dearborn you're guy, from Dearborn. Yeah. I, I went to many awesome pool halls because I had a couple of uh, friends that lived in Dearborn in mm-hmm. high school and like hookah lounges and stuff. Yeah. And that's like you couldn't drink yet. So you go to the hookah bar, you just think you're That awesome. was the excuse. Yeah. Dearborn was awesome. So I, yeah, I went to a, a lot of those pool halls and hookah lounges back then. I love Dearborn. Great, mm-hmm. great city. All right. I am a huge homer for this guy, Trevor Lawrence. <sighs> I'm asking you. Put it down now. Is he the next legend? Is he Manning, Tom Brady 2.0? Or is he a false idol? Overrated. I think he's the greatest prospect to come out of college since Andrew Luck. I agree. His pro prospects, what does he end up? Where does he land? I think his ceiling is first ballot Hall of Famer. I think his floor is a career similar to maybe a Drew Brees and Aaron Rodgers accomplishment-wise where they win a Super Bowl. Tons of Pro Bowls, set record. And that's where you have his floor. Yeah. Yeah, I don't see that's him being idea. a bust. But what concerns me is the teams he's probably going to be drafted to. And that is the concern. But I've always said there's a select few that can overcome, overcome it. And Peyton Manning, I don't care in his prime, obviously, before the very end, I don't care where he went. That team was going to win 10 games or more. They were shit year. when he got there. Yeah. Oh, that's why they Two were and 14 his first year through like almost 30 interceptions. Yeah. Yeah, so, he led the league, and I think he set the NFL record for picks in that first year, maybe since surpassed by Winston. I don't have to check that. Lamar but. Jackson goes to 25 other teams. He's a bust right now. He goes to the Ravens. He's a success. I'm really worried about where Trevor Lawrence lands. If it's Jacksonville, you know what? To their credit, they've been to an AC championship game in the last five, seven years. Um, that division's tough, though. But... I believe in Trevor Lawrence. So I believe I think in him he's too. good enough to overcome whatever situation he's in, unless it's the Jets. And that's right. Even the Jets. I think that guy could raise any sunken ship. I think yeah. he's that good. He is my favorite college guy coming out maybe ever. I can't I've seen, think of I've seen three prospects come out of college that were beyond, like, how? How are they available? Uh, Andrew Luck, it will be Trevor Lawrence eventually. We'll look back on it. And Kelvin Johnson. Yes. Calvin, Calvin was, Johnson, I don't know how the Raiders uh, passed on him. Calvin, I don't know if we'll ever see somebody that can run like a 4-2-9 and is almost 6-6. Six, six. Yeah. <laughs> it's just... I hate the DK, DK Metcalf comparison. I, I understand why. I don't like it, though. Uh, he's not even the best receiver in the NFL. Devontae Adams is. And then it's Stephon Diggs. And then you can go on the list, Tyreek Hill, probably. So slow down on the DK Metcalf. It's only his second year. Don't don't compare him to Megatron Metcalf's people, please. He's he's similar in like in the Built. terms of being a specimen. Yeah, yeah. Like wow, this guy's huge. He's cropped. Right. He runs a four four. Like, eh, all right, that's only so much. He's got to dominate the go. league for 10, 15 years. Then we can talk. Yeah, Calvin was terrifying for anybody going against him. Dude was so, triple team. This this is a this is an interesting one, and it'll be a tough one maybe for you to get off the cuff. But Ooh. what do Detroit fans get wrong? I mean, is there something? That uh, is a perception out there. You know, I've always said like one big example, just to give you an example, is I think Detroit fans, not that I am happy that Darko was taken, but I think Detroit fans assume had they taken Carmelo Anthony, everything would have been hunky dory and they would. And I could argue that they may have won zero titles. I'm not I'm not saying either way, but 
There's certain, Maybe they don't trade for Sheed. Right, exactly. The whole domino changes. Mm-hmm. You know, Tayshawn Prince, Rip Hamilton have both gone on yeah. record as saying they think they don't. I think Ben Wallace, too. The whole team basically said, I don't know if we win because all this stuff doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. He changes the vibe in the room. Larry Brown would have hated him. That's something I think fans get wrong. Now, if they had taken Dwayne Wade, who no one would have taken it to, mm-hmm. the only debate was Carmelo. That's different. Wade could have fit in like. I think know, that like would have probably worked more than Melo. It would have won four titles because Wade wasn't yeah. going to disrupt anything. No, Carmelo. he was in. Carmelo's selfish. Yes. D Wade wasn't. There's a reason he was more successful in his career and he was willing to take a back seat. Is there something that, that off the top of your head that you can think of that is sort of something <laughs> people get wrong in town generally? Uh, I think a lot of Detroit Lions fans forget what a good football team looks like. Um, I feel like we've suffered, and I feel that pain just as you do. And every other Lions fans, I share the pain when we lose football games. Having said that, there's reasons why we haven't won division titles in the last 20-odd years. And I feel like there's this perception that if we didn't get rid of Jim Caldwell, we'd be better off. And I feel like we overlooked the Jim Caldwell era. I think people think it was more successful than it really was. Yeah, and then we touched on that earlier. And I, you know I agree with you. The Jim, the Jim Caldwell was a good Lions coach thing is like a, a total myth that a lot of people get I'm, wrong. I'm okay with good. I'm, I'm very against great or anything related similar close to that. Yeah. I think he was average. Well, yeah, average is fine. Now you're a step below good to me, but yeah. He, Between he was, average he, and good, I yeah. think he was a fine balance. Sometimes he was good, but when he played against good teams, he was beyond below average. The bottom so. line is Jim Caldwell was a great CEO that was going to get the most out of his players. They would play yeah. for him. Go and I know players don't like to hear that because players got along with him, and I respect that. I respect how respected he was with his players and how he showed them respect. Mm -hmm. I'm not judging him on that, though. I'm judging on results, uh, the output of the football team, and and that's it. And I think people give too much credit for that four years of nothing. Way too much. Yeah, that's a great answer. Some of the best moments, the Calvin Johnson breaking records, some crazy comeback games, but on a single individual basis. There were moments, but there was nothing substantial to look back at like, Man, remember when we got to the NFC Championship game and we beat the Green Bay Packers in Week 17 and won the division? Exactly. Man, that was like none of that. We don't have any of that. It's a hollow existence, and mm-hmm. that's where that's where we reside in Lions Land. It's just the reality of the situation. Mm-hmm. We'll finish here. This is a new one. I haven't done this one yet. Okay. Well, <laughs> I was excited to hear your answer on this. What athlete doesn't have to be a Detroit athlete? Okay. Would be your Vegas wingman. I don't care about how good he is on the field. Any yeah. Party boy. Current athlete or could, anything. He could be dead. I don't care. Oh, De- Dennis Rodman. <laughs> Dennis Rodman? Dennis Rodman. I probably wouldn't get home alive, though, if I went with Dennis Rodman, but that would probably be the best time of my life. That'd be a good one. You can't you can't argue with Dennis Rodman. Yeah, Dennis Rodman, yeah. I think, is the play. Yeah, that's a good answer. I would have said either Mickey Mantle, like in his prime, because yeah. he could really party, or Dude. Johnny Menzel before he like found Ooh, God. Texas A and M Johnny Menzel. Yeah, or like first two years in Cleveland before he told. Like you don't want the guy that finds God and like finds a good psychiatrist. Yeah, for this question, maybe for like your neighbor. But yeah, no. If I'm I'm trying to get completely shit faced and yeah. I'm trying to lose my life, I'm going with Dennis. Yeah, I, I want I want like bottom I, of the barrel. I want to wake up with a Mike Tyson tattoo. <laughs> yeah, like right. All of that stuff. We want rock bottom Johnny Manziel. Yeah. We don't want on the upswing. So I mean, I had fun. You were you were. Oh, great. I loved it. I loved it. That was so fun. I'd love to have you back. Yeah, anytime, anytime. You just you have my number. Just shoot me a text. Uh, I'm very busy you. at Woodward Sports. Obviously, I don't I know. I don't get much sleep, but I love it. I love every day of it, and uh, I would love to come back on anytime. You just let me know. 
love to have you. And and I'll be, I'm sure, watching you tomorrow morning. And I, I hope they make myriad references to this, uh, what, hour and a half or so. Yeah. Check them out, Woodward Sports. I, I watch them every day. So if you go to Facebook Live, you'll definitely see me in the chat chatting them up. And I haven't missed a show yet. So, um, you know, I don't blow smoke You'll be up. seeing more of me on the show. I, that, I better. I, yeah. I, you talk about petitioning for the Fords. I'm going to be outside the Birmingham studio with a sign. Give me more uh, Oswald. That's no, so- no. We've we've had a lot going on. Obviously, we are a new company, if you want to label it that. We're yep. a startup. So there's a lot of operational things that need to be taken care of. So that's kind of where my whole day goes. But hopefully soon I'll be I'll be blessing people with uh, my sports takes on that desk because God... <laughs> They need it. They do. They need you to balance them out and put some sanity on the table for them. So, yeah, check them out at Woodward Sports. They're all over. I mean, I could just rattle. They're Twitch, they're Facebook, Mm -hmm. they're YouTube, they're Twitter, they're Instagram. If it's a thing that has like a cool little icon, they're on it. Check them out. You'll definitely see me there messing with them at least a couple times. Uh, Big fan of what they're doing. Got to support these guys because they're doing something that no one in town is doing right now. And, you know, we want to see them do well. So, Uh, please go check them out. Thank you all for watching. I am very excited. I have made a reputation in town for hounding guests to come. Adam was easy because, you know, he knows how wonderful I am. Oh, yeah. But I am proud to announce that in the works is our good friend John U. Bacon, a four times over New York Times bestseller, Michigan guy, one of the best Michigan guests there is. I have been harassing John U. for about three years. He always says he's got to, like, tuck his kid in, and my 9 o'clock time is non- uh, compliant with his wife's rules. But he reached out to me this week and said, hey, you know what? Enough's enough. You've harassed me. I got two options. I can either say yes, or I can call the judge and get a restraining order filed against you guys. He decided he would go through door number one. I think he made the right option. He's going to join. So that looks to be on the table for either the end of this week or beginning of the next. John U. Bacon, really talented guy, probably the best writer in the Michigan space. Awesome journalist, awesome writer, awesome guy, awesome interview. Stay tuned for that. We might mix in one before that. Who knows? And even more exciting, our solo show, Off the Curb, which has been in the works for some time, is on deck. That will be within the next week. Very exciting stuff. You get to see just me. It'll be a lot shorter. So if you hate me, it's a small dose. I'll be tuning in. You you got my back. It'll be about 25 minutes. I'll rant about all the things that Adam says are, are irrational, like the Lions selling uh, the team and all that. Not irrational, unrealistic. Okay, well, that's that's sort of my middle name, actually, on this show. So that's <laughs> coming, too. we got a lot of great content. Thank you to The Butchery and Sylvan Lake. Thank you to Imagine Theaters. And I don't know if you like red wine or, or maybe your fiancé does. Are you a red wine drinker? Uh, Is your fiancé? Uh, limited. We're limited. We're, limited. Uh, we're more Heineken. More Heineken. Yeah, we're, well, we're, I... we're beer, relax on the couch. Okay. I mean, what if if I give you a bottle of wine, will you drink it? Oh, of course. I'm going to give you, this is one of our sponsors, the Smuggler's Son. Oh, hell yeah. So you can take that with you. That's awesome. Everyone always says, is it going to mess up your set? I said, no, I got a big case of them. So I just replaced it. (laughs) I love it. All the guests get a bottle of that. Thank you for joining us. A lot of good stuff coming up. I'm going to talk your ear off as I always do. We appreciate you tuning in. We know you have a thousand options out there. We appreciate you making us one of your options to actually tune in. I suggest Woodward Sports be one of the others that you take a look at. And likewise, I really enjoyed this. This was great. You are welcome back anytime. I don't care what they say uh, tomorrow, making fun of me, making fun of you. I had the graciousness to appear in studio and donate three Toy Story toys into your pile of fire code violations. Thank you for the reminder. And Joey has the gall 
to, I, I say, hey, man, you'd, you'd be welcome to come on my show anytime or something to that effect. And he says, oh, so I can check out your five listeners. He, he said I had five listeners. Yeah, Joey, Joey is... Uh, five! That's rude, Joey. Five. Yeah, well, I'll have a talk with Joey. Today. That was very... That's mean. unnecessary. That was three weeks ago, and it's still burned into my brain. So tell those guys to be nice to the sensitive Justice well, Bureau. I can assure you tomorrow morning on the morning show, I will probably be with a baseball bat. A baseball going bat at, with, a going down from your Carcano rifle. So yeah. yeah, yeah, break some skulls. And in the interest of breaking skulls for a good cause, please remind your colleague, Sam Day, that he owes me a venti. You have a good coffee place. Will you I, be in the studio tomorrow morning? I, I might have to, to collect. I'm I, telling I, you. I'm ready to send uh, Jerome and, and Bubba down there to, to crack some skulls to get my coffee. You literally have a studio that shares a door with one of the best coffee places in Metro Absolutely. Detroit, Birmingham Rose, a place that I frequented before I even knew who you were. And he won't pay up. He's owed me this for weeks. So it, it's a problem. Listen, if you come in tomorrow, I promise you, Mitch, I will get you that coffee. I don't want it to be we. I want it to be him. I don't want it coming out of your pocket. Oh, it won't come out of my he, pocket. I'll he, make sure he pays for it. No. Good. Good. He owes me. I, I'm going to get like the. Columbia. I bought lunch today, so he owes everybody. Good. I, I want the Colombian roast. I, you know, none of this Folgers shit, you know. So yeah, I'm not tell a, him to I'm lay that gourmet shit on me like Pulp Fiction. We got you. Anyway, that's that. Woodward Sports, check them out. Adam Baydoon, the best guy at Woodward Sports, undisputed by anyone with two brain cells. Joining us, he'll be joining us again soon. Stay tuned for Off the Curb and stay tuned for John U. Bacon and a whole host of others. We're racking them up. Shout out and ultimate gratitude to Ben Augusta, our producer, the great and powerful Oz on the other side of the wall. Eric Williamson, our graphics design, set design guy who came in furiously with the wires before Adam's appearance to get this green light behind me. He busts his ass. He does great work. We love our team here. It's a lot smaller with a lot smaller uh, and shallower pockets than Woodward Sports, but we're trying. We're the scrappy underdogs. We got your back. We'll support you. We support you right back. Spiro Avenue Show, Justin Spiro, Adam Baydoon. Thanks, Thanks, brother. Enjoy that wine, and we'll be back uh, any day. Thank you all. 